Every Sunday at Christian Holiness Sunday, we post classic holiness sermons and essays from preachers from days gone by. Today, part two of a message from George Whitfield called The Marks of a True Conversion. Holiness is perhaps the most misunderstood concept in Christianity. Anyone who has striven to follow the life of Christ will tell you that it is impossible. No one can match His love, no one can match His grace, and no one can match the compassion of Christ, for no one but Jesus is perfect and holy. Once the believer is filled with and empowered by the Holy Spirit, though, he or she is filled to the brim with the love of Christ and desires nothing more than to please God and follow in the footsteps of Jesus. The love of sin is then gone, and in its place is a love and compassion for others. That is Christian holiness. And this is Christian Holiness Sunday. Join us today as we post abridged sermons and writings from early preachers in the holiness movement. Here we go. First, I shall endeavor to show you in what respects we are to understand this assertion of the Lord's that we must be converted and become like little children, I shall then, secondly, speak to those who profess a little of this childlike temperament. And lastly, I shall speak to you who have no reason to think that this change has ever passed upon your souls, and I shall endeavor to show you what we are to understand by our Lord's saying, except ye be converted and become like little children, But I think, before I speak to this point, it may be proper to premise one or two particulars. I think that the words plainly imply that before you or I can have any well-grounded scriptural hope of being happy in a future state, there must first be some great, some notable, some amazing change pass upon our souls. I believe there is not one adult person in the congregation but will readily confess that a great change hath passed upon their bodies since they first came into the world. When they were infants dandled upon their mother's knees, it is true ye have no more members than we had then, but how are these altered? Though you are in one respect the same as ye were, for the number of your limbs and the shape of your body, yet if a person that knew you when you were in your cradle had been absent for some years, and then saw you when you were grown up, then thousand to one if he would know you at all. Ye are so altered, so different from what you were, when you were little ones, and and as the words plainly imply, that there has been a great change upon our bodies since we were children. So before we can go to heaven, there must be a great change pass upon our souls. Our souls, consider in a physical sense, are still the same. There is to be no philosophical change wrought upon them, But then as for our temper, our habit, our conduct, we must be so changed and so altered that those who knew us the other day when we were in a state of sin and before we knew Christ and are acquainted with us now must see such an alteration that they may stand much amazed at it. But I think it proper to premise something farther because this text is the grand stronghold of Armenians and others. They learn of the devil to bring text to propagate bad principles. When the devil had a mind to tempt Jesus Christ because Christ quoted scripture, therefore Satan did too. 
and such persons that their doctrine and bad principles may go down the better would fain persuade unwary and unstable souls that they are founded upon the word of God. Though the doctrine of the original sin is a doctrine written in such legible characters in the word of God, and though I think everything about us and everything within us plainly proclaims that we are fallen creatures, though the very heathens who had no other light but the dim light of unassisted reason complained of this, for they felt the wound and discovered the disease, but they were ignorant of the cause of it. Yet they are too many persons of those who have been baptized in the name of Christ that dare speak against the doctrine of original sin and are angry with those ill-natured ministers who paint man in such black colors, they say, it cannot be that children come into the world with the guild of Adam's sin laying upon them. Well, why? Desire them to prove it from Scripture, and they will urge the very text our Lord tells us, Except ye be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, their argument runs thus. It is implied in the words of the text that little children are innocent and they come into the world like mere blank pieces of paper. Otherwise, our Lord must argue absurdly, for he could never pretend to say that we must be converted and made like wicked little creatures. That would be no conversion at all. But my dear friends, this is to make Jesus speak with something he never intended, and what cannot be deduced from his words, that little children are guilty. I mean, that they are conceived and born in sin is plain from the whole tenor of the book of God. David was a man after God's own heart, yet he says that I was conceived in sin. Jeremiah, speaking of everyone's heart, says the heart of man is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. God's servants unanimously declare, and Paul cites it from one of them, that we are all together now become abominable altogether gone out of the way of original righteousness. There is not one of us that does good by nature. No, not one. And I appeal to any of you that are mothers and fathers, if you do not discern original sin or corruption in your children as soon as they come into the world, as they grow up, if you do not discover self-will and an aversion to goodness, what is the reason your child is so averse to instruction? but because they bring enmity into the world with them against a good and gracious God. So then it is plain from scripture and fact that children are born in sin and consequently that they are children of wrath. And for my part, I think the death of every child is a plain proof of original sin. Sickness and death come into the world by sin, and it seems not consistent with God's goodness and justice to let a little child be sick or die unless Adam's first sin was imputed upon him. We live in a fallen world. If any charge God with injustice for imputing Adam's sin to a little child, we have gotten a second Adam to bring our children to him. Therefore, when our Lord says, unless you are converted and become as little children, we are not to understand as though the Lord would insinuate that little children are perfectly innocent, but in a comparative, and as I shall show you now, and by and by, in a rational sense, little children are innocent. Compare that with people grown and take them as they are, 
And as they come into the world, they have hearts that are sensual and minds which are carnal. And I mention this with the greatest concern because I verily believe that unless parents are convinced of this, they will never take proper care of their children's education. If parents were convinced that their children's hearts were as bad as they are, you would never be fond of letting them go to balls and assemblies and plays, the natural tendency of which is to debauch their minds and to make them the children of the devil. If parents were convinced of this, I believe they would pray more when they bring their children to be baptized. I think that they would make it not a mere matter of form. And I believe if they really were convinced that their children were conceived in sin, they would always put up that petition before their children came into the world, which I have heard that a good woman always did put up by saying, Lord Jesus, let me never bear a child for hell or for the devil. Oh, is it not to be feared that thousands of children will appear at that great day before God and in the presence of angels and men and say, Father and mother, next to the wickedness of mine own heart, I owe my damnation to your bad education of me. Wow, what powerful words by George Whitfield. Thanks for tuning in. We will continue this message next week on Christian Holiness Sunday. So long. Thank you for joining us today for Christian Holiness Daily. Join us again tomorrow for another episode on your favorite podcast platform. For a transcript of this podcast, visit ChristianHolinessDaily.com. To contact us, go to the contact page of our website or call 844-857-6767. Our theme music is called Dirty Mac and is from the album BG Awaken.